Chapter 3, The Bully Nicholas Semicolon was ten years old. He was a husky boy, very strong and large for his age. All parents like to have large, healthy children, and Mr. and Mrs. Semicolon would have been very proud of Nicholas except for one thing. One shameful thing. Nicholas was a bully. He hit children littler than he was. He teased and hit girls. He teased and hit puppy dogs. He scared cats. He even threw stones at birds. And once, he tipped over the stroller of a one-year-old baby left outside the grocery store. For a long time, Mr. and Mrs. Semicolon didn't know about Nicholas. They knew he was large for his age. They knew his friendships with other children didn't last very long. They knew he had not been asked to several birthday parties. But they thought that Nicholas was big and strong and handsome and needed older, more intelligent children to play with. In fact, just the night before this story opens, after Nicholas had kicked the cat, stepped on Josephine the dog's tail, and gone swaggering up to bed, Mrs. Semicolon said to Mr. Semicolon, Forthright, have you noticed how fine and big and strong little Nicky has grown? Mr. Semicolon, who was reading about stocks and bonds in the evening paper, said, Sure outgrows his shoes fast. Two new pairs last month. I know, said Mrs. Semicolon dreamily. His feet are just enormous. They're almost as big as yours. Good, said Mr. Semicolon, brightening up. Maybe he can wear out those ox blood brogues I got in Chicago last winter. They never did fit, and I paid a lot for them. Do boys wear brogues? asked Mrs. Semicolon. What difference does it make? asked Mr. Semicolon. Their shoes, and they're new. After all, Abe Lincoln went barefoot. But forthright, dear, said Mrs. Semicolon anxiously. Nicky is a patrol boy, and he needs new patrol boots. Nonsense, said Mr. Semicolon. Shoes are shoes. They are only meant to keep your feet off the cold ground. The next morning, rather hesitantly, Mrs. Semicolon went into Nicholas's room, carrying the large, sturdy brogues. She said, Look what Daddy got in Chicago, dear. Nicholas took one of the shoes, examined it carefully, then to his mother's surprise, said, Zowie, what strong shoes! Can I wear them to school today? I was thinking more of Sunday school, said his mother, but I guess one day at school won't matter. Nicholas, who was still in his pajamas, slipped a bare foot into one of the shoes. He smiled happily. Kind of big, but boy, they're strong and heavy. Mrs. Semicolon heaved a sigh of relief and went downstairs to make the pancakes. When, Mr. when Nicholas came clumping into breakfast, Mr. Semicolon said, New shoes, eh, son? Yeah, said Nicholas, new and strong. I bet if I kicked with these old shoes on, it would just about break somebody's leg. Mr. Semicolon, who was reading the paper and not listening, said, Mmm-hmm. Mrs. Semicolon, who was turning the pancakes, said, How many sausages, Nicky dear? Ten sausages and fourteen pancakes, said Nicholas, gulping down his orange juice. My, what a big, strong boy you are, said his mother happily. Then breakfast was over and Nicholas had gone clumping off to school in his new shoes that really didn't fit. And Mr. Semicolon had left for the office in his new shoes that did. And Mrs. Semicolon poured herself a cup of hot coffee and sat down at the telephone to call up her friends. She had finished talking to Mary Hex when the telephone rang. It was little Roscoe Eager's mother, and she was so mad she was choking. She said, Carlotta Semicolon, if you don't do something about that big bully, I'm going to call the sheriff. What big bully? asked Mrs. Semicolon innocently. What big bully? shrieked Mrs. Eager. You know perfectly well what big bully. 
I don't either, said Mrs. Semicolon. I don't know any big bullies. Oh, yes, you do, said Mrs. Eager, because the biggest, meanest, cruelest bully in the whole United States is your own son, Nicholas Semicolon. You mean my Nicky? asked Mrs. Semicolon. Yes, your Nicky, said Mrs. Eager. This morning on his way to school, he kicked little Roscoe in the shins with his big new shoes, and now Roscoe is home, lying on the Davenport with bandages clear up to his knees, and his legs are still bleeding. For all I know, both leg bones are shattered. How horrible, wailed Mrs. Semicolon. How terrible. Shall I call the doctor? I already have, said Mrs. Eager coldly. He's on his way over. But I want to know, but what I want to know, is what you intend to do about Nicholas. I'll punish him, of course, said Mrs. Semicolon, but I just can't understand it. It doesn't sound a bit like Nicky. But it does, said Mrs. Eager. It sounds exactly like him, hitting children littler than he is, kicking dogs, jerking toys away from babies, tipping over little girls' tricycles, pulling cat's tails. Now I have to go. I hear Roscoe moaning for me. Jessie, dear, I'm so sorry, said Mrs. Semicolon. I'll come right over and bring you some coloring books and some sugar cookies I baked yesterday. At first, after she hung up the phone, Mrs. Semicolon cried a little. Then she remembered the new brogues, blew her nose, wiped her eyes, and called Mr. Semicolon. When he answered, she said angrily, Well, I hope you're happy. About what, he asked. Mrs. Semicolon began to cry. It's those darned old brogues that didn't fit Nicky anyway, she sobbed. What in the world is the matter, said Mr. Semicolon. So Mrs. Semicolon told him about Mrs. Eager's telephone call. Mrs. Semicolon said, It never would have happened if it hadn't been for those brogues. I'm going to give them to the goodwill. Mr. Semicolon said, Listen to me, Carlotta, dear. It is not the shoes that are at fault. It is Nicky. After all, the shoes didn't grab his feet and force them to kick a little boy in the shins, did they? No, I guess not, sniffed Mrs. Semicolon. Well, then, said Mr. Semicolon, the important thing is not the kind of shoes he, he kicked with. It is the fact that he kicked, and a boy smaller than he. Isn't that right, dear? Yes, said Mrs. Semicolon. Well, then, said Mr. Semicolon, when young Nicholas comes home from school, you send him up to his room to think things over, and I will deal with him when I come home. Then Mrs. Semicolon remembered about the kicking the dogs, jerking toys away from babies, tipping over little girls' tricycles, pulling cats' tails. So she said, But kicking with the brogues isn't the only thing. Forthright, Mrs. Eager also told me, and she told him all the rest of Nikki's bad actions. When she had finished, Mr. Semicolon said, Semicolon said, I won't have a bully for a son. I think I'll go over to school right now and deal with that young man. What will you do, asked Mrs. Semicolon. There was a pause, quite a long pause on the other end of the wire. Then Nikki's father said, why don't you call Mrs. Pigglewiggle? Oh, forthright, how clever of you, said Nikki's mother. I'll call her right away. She'll know just what to do. She always does. A few minutes later, Mrs. Pigglewiggle, who was out in her backyard gathering hazelnuts for her two gray squirrels, Taylor and Filbert, heard the phone ring. When she picked it up and said hello, the voice on the other end was so sad and ashamed when it said, Hello, Mrs. Pigglewiggle? that she knew at once who it was. Then Mrs. Pigglewiggle started to tell her about Nicky's kicking and hitting and jerking and pushing and tripping little children. But Mrs. Pigglewiggle said in her very gentle voice, 
I know, Mrs. Semicolon. You don't have to tell me. I know all about it. Do you mean the other mothers have called you up? said Mrs. Semicolon. No, no, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle. But Nicky has been coming over here to play for a long time. I've watched him grow up from a rather sickly, weak child into a fine, strong, healthy boy. You should be proud of him, Mrs. Semicolon. I was, said Mrs. Semicolon, until this morning. Now, after what I have heard, I wish he was sickly and weak still. Not really, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle. It's much nicer to have a fine, healthy son. Easier, too. All you want is to have Nicky behave in as fine and strong a way as he looks. What I don't understand, said Mrs. Semicolon, is why Nicky should act in the dreadful way he does. Neither his father nor I have ever bullied him. Of course you haven't, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle. Neither have I, but he acts the same way down here. And if it is any comfort to you, so did Billy McIntosh until last week when his mother gave him bully baths. What in the world are they? asked Mrs. Semicolon. They are just evening baths with a little weakening powder sprinkled in them. With each bath, the bully gets weaker and weaker, until finally, as in the case of Billy McIntosh, his two-year-old brother could push him down and sit on him. Is he all right now? asked Mrs. Semicolon. Just fine, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle. How wonderful, said Mrs. Semicolon. Shall I start the bully baths tonight? I was just thinking, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle, in the case of Nicholas, I'm not sure the bully baths would be the right cure. But why not? asked Mrs. Semicolon. They worked with Billy McIntosh. I know they did, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle, but Billy McIntosh has little sisters and brothers. No, I think that Nicholas would be better off with leadership pills. Leadership pills, asked Mrs. Semicolon. What are they? Just little green pills that taste like peppermint, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle but they bring out wonderful hidden qualities of leadership, especially in only children. Does Nicholas have a playroom or a place where he can bring his friends? Well, he has a very nice bedroom, said Mrs. Semicolon. I'm sure he has, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle. But I was thinking more of a place in the cellar or garage or even a tent house in the backyard. Oh, I know, I know, said Mrs. Colin, Semicolon excitedly. There's a little old studio out and back. It was built for the artist brother of the people who used to live here. We've used it for garden tools and peat moss and the lawnmower. And once Nicholas kept a rabbit there, but we could move the garden tools into the cellar, and I could have it all fixed up for Nicholas. Mrs. Pigglewiggle said, Why not let Nicholas fix it up himself? Do you think he could? asked Mrs. Semicolon. Let's wait and see how the leadership pills work, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle. If you will send Nicholas over when he comes home from school, I'll give him a little bottle to bring home. Give him one pill every day for a week, but don't expect miracles. The qualities of leadership are not something you attain overnight. Keep in touch and don't worry. The first thing Mrs. Semicolon did after she hung up the phone was to go out in the yard and look at the old studio. It was late autumn, almost winter, and the little old path that led from the back porch past the parsley patch, around the chrysanthemum bed, under the Gravenstein apple tree, around the strawberry barrel, past the compost pile to the chestnut tree under which was nestled the old studio, was ankle-deep in leaves. They made a nice crumpled newspaper sound as Mrs. Semicolon walked through them. The little old studio needed a coat of paint, and the porch was sagging. The front door was hard to open. Inside was the usual gard gardener's litter, spilled peat moss, empty buckets, coffee cans half-filled with bone meal and lime, 
a broken bamboo rake, the power lawnmower, empty seed packages, empty flower pots, Nikki's first little bicycle, his last big tricycle, and a Christmas tree stand. Mrs. Semicolon looked around her inside. She wondered if she for shouldn't forget what Mrs. Pigglewiggle had said and have old Mac, the handyman, clean the place up. Then she heard the phone ringing, and it was Mr. Semicolon wanting to know if she had gotten hold of Mrs. Pigglewiggle and what she had said. And she had just finished talking to him when Roscoe's mother called to say that the doctor said he was just bruised. And then by the time she had tidied up the house and had a sandwich, it was 3.30, and almost time for Nicky to come home from school. She fixed a plate of sugar cookies and a glass of milk and a big shiny red apple and put them on the kitchen table. Then she went upstairs and washed her face and combed her hair and put on her grocery store skirt and sweater. She was just finishing her shopping list when she heard a commotion out in the street. She ran to the front window just in time to see Nicky lift his geography book high over his head and bring it down clunk on the skinny little eight-year-old back of Sylvia Crouch. Quickly, Mrs. Semicolon rapped on the window and called out, Nicky Semicolon, stop that this minute! Nicky glanced at his mother, then lifted the book up for another blow. Mrs. Semicolon dashed out of the house, grabbed the book, and said, Aren't you ashamed of yourself? A big boy like you hitting on a little girl? Well, she started it, said Nicky. I did not either, shrieked Sylvia. You took the apple away from my si little sister, and you pulled my hair. Mrs. Semicolon said, Nicholas, give Sylvia back her little sister's apple at once. I can't, Nicholas said, smiling sheepishly. I ate it. All right, then, said his mother. March right into the kitchen and get the apple I put out for you and give it to Sylvia. Slowly, reluctantly, Nicholas went in and got the apple. But instead of handing it to Sylvia, he threw it at her hard. It hit her in the stomach. There's your old apple, he said, laughing. Mrs. Semicolon grabbed him by the shoulders and shaking him said, Nicholas semicolon apologize to Sylvia and then go right up to your room at once. Nicholas, not looking sorry at all, said, I'm sorry, I guess, but I hope your ugly little sister chokes to death on the apple. Mrs. Semicolon grabbed his arm and hustled him into the house. She was just sending him up to his room when she remembered about Mrs. Pigglewiggle and the leadership pills. She said, go out and get in the car. We're going to the store and then we're going to stop by Mrs. Pigglewiggle's for a minute. In the grocery store, Nicholas pushed the basket, and Mrs. Semicolon chose the groceries. They got along very well until Mrs. Semicolon left him in the basket up by the dog foods while she went to find the garlic salt. She was on her way back when she heard a child crying. She hurried to where she had left Nicholas and found him pushing his heavy loaded basket as hard as he could into the almost empty basket of a little boy not more than six. The little boy was crying. Nicholas was laughing and getting ready to give his heavy basket another mighty shove when a firm hand grabbed him by the collar and sent him spinning into the mighty pup dog food. One hand of mighty pup hit him on the head, another landed on his toe, another cracked him on the wrist. Ouch, he yelled. Look out what you're doing. I know what I'm doing, said his mother. Now stand up and see if you have broken any of that poor little boy's mommy's eggs. Sulkily. Nicholas got to his feet, limped over, and opened the box of eggs. Three were cracked. Mrs. Semicolon gave the little boy her box of eggs and took the crack ones. Then she made Nicholas apologize and, with his own allowance, buy the little boy a box of animal crackers. 
She didn't let him out of her sight after that until they got to Mrs. Pigglewiggle's house. Then she waited in the car while he went in to get the little the leadership pills. The yard, the front porch, in fact, Mrs. Pigglewiggle's whole house was alive with children. They were swinging, digging, sewing, building, painting, singing, teeter-tottering, all busy and happy until Nicholas opened the gate. The first thing he did was deliberately to bump into and tip over a little boy on a tricycle. Then he stepped on the fingers of a little girl sitting on the steps playing jacks. His mother was glad to see that when he came out of the house with a bottle of pills, the little girl who had been playing jacks hit him with a big stick and then ran in the house and slammed the door. Nicholas started after her, but his mother honked the horn and shouted at him to come and get in the car.